Hey, welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored you're here. The word Kalos means beautiful in, well, poorly pronounced Greek. But we're all about making known the beauty of Jesus. So why don't we dive in to last week's sermon right now. Awesome. Well, <laughs> we are in the middle of a series called Ancient Future, where we're, we're, uh, we're moving forward while taking the past with us. And, and so during the series, I'm really excited. We're blowing the dust off of some of these ancient church practices, and we're bringing them into our now and hopefully the future. And I, I just think it's been a, a blessing that we can move forward while staying grounded in our historical faith. And so today we're talking about a tool that I believe could revolutionize your spiritual lives. And I want to jump into Luke chapter 11 as we start the second sermon of Ancient Future. The scriptures say, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, talking about Jesus, when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so the title of my sermon today is How to Pray When You Don't Know the Words to Say. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for this prayer, this scripture, these words. And I pray today that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but doers. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, amen, amen. The disciples didn't know how to pray, and they said, Jesus, would you teach us just like John is teaching his disciples? And I I say, yes, I'm so glad the disciples asked this because I have felt inadequate in my prayer life. I bet if I were to survey many of the people in this room, some of us would say, I am embarrassed about my prayer life. I've tried to pray and then I missed a day or a week or a month or a year. I don't remember the last time I felt like I have a healthy prayer life. I feel like I'm just struggling. Have you ever felt that way? Well, the disciples ask, and Jesus gives an answer, and I'm encouraged because there have been times where I have not been sure about my own prayer life. It's felt repetitive. It felt like my prayers were hitting the ceiling. felt like I wasn't praying the right words. Lord, are my prayers theologically correct? I pray prayers like, Lord, would you murder the person who took friends off of Netflix? Murder them in the face right now, Lord. Have you ever prayed prayers like that? And you're like, I don't know if this is theologically correct or even okay. I hope the police are not listening to my prayers. And I want to give you another example of, I don't know, an example of my botched prayer life or some of my mistakes or some of my insecurities. And I'm about to go into a joke, so don't get offended. Uh, Just a warning. Got to warn you. And uh, there's a prayer I like to pray. So if you could, in the spirit of joking, bow your heads to get an example. You don't actually have to bow your heads, but an example of some of the the prayers in my life that I'm not the most proud of. Dear Lord, it's a joke. Dear Lord, (laughs) help me to relax about insignificant details. Beginning tomorrow at 7.43 Eastern Standard Time. Help me to consider people's feelings, even though most of them are are hypersensitive. (laughs) Help me to take responsibility for the consequences of my actions even though they're usually not my fault. (laughs) Help me to not try and run everything. But, Lord, if you need some extra help, feel free to ask me. (laughs) 
Lord, would you help me to be more laid back and help me to do it exactly right? Give me patience, Lord. Give me patience, and I mean right now, give me patience. <laughs> help me to finish everything I... Help me to keep my mind... <laughs> help me to keep my mind on one thing, and did I leave the oven on? <laughs> help me to do only what I can and trust you for the rest. And Lord, would you mind putting that in writing? Keep me open to other people's ideas, even though they are so dumb. Thank you, Lord. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Have you ever prayed prayers like that? And you're like, I don't, I'm not super proud of my prayer life. <laughs> like, but it is what it is. No such thing as a bad prayer. And I think, I think this is kind of the heart of the disciples as they approach Jesus. Hey, would you teach us how to pray? Maybe you wish you could ask Jesus that question. Would you just teach me how to pray. My prayer life is not how it, it could be or how I want it to be. I haven't prayed in a long time. When I do, I feel like I'm just kind of praying the same prayers over and over again. It's just repetitive. I don't feel passionate. They feel kind of dry and boring. They feel like they're, they're not making it to the heavens. I don't know if my heart is good when I'm praying. Are these words that I'm saying, okay, Lord Jesus, would you teach me how to pray? I feel like my soul is malnourished. I feel distant from you, God. I feel like we aren't connected like we used to. Lord, would you help us have a relationship? I want to want you. I want to be intimate. I want to be close. I want to feel like our relationship is alive and bursting forth, but Lord, it's just not happening. Would you teach me how to pray? I resonate with what the disciples are saying here, and uh, I, I want you to notice that when Jesus is asked, how do we pray? He doesn't do what uh, we've been taught in a lot of our prayer lives. Jesus doesn't say, well, just talk to God. Prayer is just a conversation. Hey, just share whatever is on your heart. Whatever you're feeling in the moment, just vent, just share, just open up. He doesn't say just have a conversation with God. He says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so the first point I want to share in my message in our second installment, Ancient Future, is this. When the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, he gave them words to say. He didn't say simply, have a conversation with God. He gave him specific words. And, you know, when many of us are told about praying, we're not giving a lot of instructions. I don't know if you remember starting off your prayer life. I remember being in a youth group. I was a fresh Christian. And my, my youth pastor, this was in the 90s. In the 90s, you had to be radical in your youth ministry and your preaching. And so he would just say, hey, kids, if you want to have a relationship with God, you just need to go into your prayer closet and suck some carpet. Yeah, it's the 90s. I was like, all right. My family grew up Hindu, have never really been to church in a way that was meaningful to me. So these are all the instructions I have on prayer. So I'm going to go into my prayer closet, and I'm going to suck some carpet. Here we go. And so I remember going home, opening up my closet. It was a pretty small closet. It had one of those folding-style closet doors that kind of resemble an accordion. And so I'd have to open up the door, sneak in, not a lot of room, and then kind of maneuver my body as I unfolded the accordion of a closet. And then I would get on my knees. It's pitch black. I didn't really know how to pray. And I would literally just put my, my face and my nose in the carpet 
And I'd be like, Lord, what's up? I'm praying. I'm just talking to you like I talk to anybody. All right, do you want some pogs? <laughs> it's the 90s, Lord. <laughs> it is so weird. I just remember feeling so insecure about my prayer life, but I would just press in, and literally every day I would go into my prayer closet and pray and pray and pray and pray. And uh, I'm going to be honest, in those early days, I felt like the Lord started to speak to me. And honestly, I would not change those early days for anything. I would pray, and I would feel like the Lord would speak to me and, you know, just shower me with love and affection and my identity, and those are such beautiful times, and I felt like the Lord was just winning my heart in those prayer moments. But after a while, as I kept this practice up, I felt like I was just saying the same prayers over and over again. I felt like it was just repetitive, and it was kind of a a routine, and it just started to die, and I was like, Lord, is this all there is to prayer? And I feel like many of us, that's all the instruction we've gotten. Just go into your prayer closet and pray. That's really the only tool. We've given maybe some instructions, even at Kalo, some instructions, but not a substantial tool. And and today I want to offer you a tool that I wish I would have learned decades ago. I want to share a tool with you that has really enriched my prayer life. I feel like it's turned the water of my prayer life into wine, a more robust, a more uh, just rich prayer life. And and I believe that this will help you in a lot of ways. And, And so Jesus, when he's asked to pray, he doesn't say, just have a conversation, just share what's on your heart. He actually says, say the words, say these words. He gives them a prayer to pray. And we see that throughout the early church and throughout church history, people have been praying on original prayers. For thousands of years in the church, people have been plagiarizing other people's prayers. Whether it's the Lord's Prayer, we actually sang the Lord's Prayer in our third song today. Whether it's John the Baptist's prayer, saying things, Lord, I want to decrease. Would you increase in my life? Whether it's praying the prayers of David, like Jay just shared, as he shared from Psalms 42. We've been plagiarizing prayers for thousands of years in church. And it's a tool that I believe that can really help us. Many of us have been taught that when you pray, it has to be original. It has to be from the heart. And you can kind of use these prayers once, and then you're done with them. And then it has to be another conversation. But I've learned the depth and the riches of not feeling the pressure to create my own prayers where I can lean on the spiritual strength that has been passed down from generation to generation. And so I want to show you something called liturgical prayers. Another way of saying it is formative prayers. And this is a tool that I use every single morning in my prayer life. So I have a list of prayers that I go through, and you can find this at kalos.church/prayer, where you can access my prayer life my prayer routine and schedule that I do in the morning. But for example, I'll wake up and I'll pray several of these prayers. Let me give you an example. I'll read this prayer and let it come to life in my heart. This is the prayer of St. Francis. It says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. 
Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. And this is awesome. There are some mornings where I just don't feel like I have the creative energy and strength to create all my own prayers. And I can lean on the strength of really well-crafted, theologically vetted prayers. And so there are some serious advantages to praying old, written, historical, theologically vetted, plagiarized prayers. Some of those advantages that I'd like to share are when I can't find words to express my heart, I can resonate with others who have found the words. If I don't have much time to spend with God in prayer, written words pack a punch. When my heart is dry, I am revived by the words of deeply spiritual men and women. Written prayers help me organize my thoughts. I'll say, yes, that is what I'm trying to express. Reading a prayer often spurs me to pray my own prayers because the words I read reminded me of people or situations that need to be prayed for in just that way. And when I otherwise focus on my needs, written prayers help me to focus on others' needs and the needs of the world. There's this quote I like about liturgical prayer in it really ties into our ancient future series as we talked about the rootedness of a tree but the renewed leaves of going into the future. How we are most fruitful as we're most grounded. In our faith, we most progress and go forward as we're most grounded in Christ, the resource of all life. This quote says it like this. Liturgy is like a strong tree whose beauty is derived from the continuous renewal of its leaves, but whose strength comes from the old trunk with solid roots in the ground. So this is the power of liturgical or formative or plagiarized or pre-written prayers. It says all creativity doesn't have to come from me. All of these original prayers don't have to be a one and done. I can lean on the strength of generations before me. My guess is some of you have been doing this in your own ways, whether praying the Psalms like Jesus did when he was on the cross. Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? He was quoting a psalm. Jesus was praying the scripture, whether it was praying the Lord's Prayer. My guess is Christians in this room haven't said, ah, I will never pray a pre-written prayer. I will never pray the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. No, not in my house, not in my church. Jesus told us to pray like this. I will not. I don't think that's in your heart. But for those of us who grew up a little bit more charismatic, when you hear the term liturgical prayer, or you're praying old prayers written by dead people, you're thinking, I knew it! You're a Catholic! That's some of the hesitation I get. You're, you're operating in dead works. That's tradition. We don't have liturgy. We have the Spirit of God. You Catholic. <laughs> right? Have you ever grown up in a church that has like this kind of fear of, dead religion, a fear of Catholics, a a fear of these pre-written prayers. Well, this is something that the early church has been doing. In fact, in Acts 2, when it says that the early church was devoted to the breaking of bread, studying the apostles' doctrine, and prayers, in many translations, it literally says the prayers, as if they were passing on liturgical prayers from generation to generation, and teaching each other how to pray as Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. And so for those of us who are a little hesitant to this idea of pre-written prayers, I want to offer point number two to you. It's this. Spontaneous and authentic are not the same thing. 
Spontaneous and authentic are not the same thing. And all the planners said yes and amen. God who operates outside of time, he can tell you things in advance. Being spiritual doesn't mean you have to be last minute and just have to create things on the spot. I prepare for the sermon. My puns are premeditated, believe it or not. <laughs> the rhymes, sometimes they happen in the moment, sometimes they don't. But it's okay to plan, and it doesn't mean you're not authentic just because you're prepared and you thought about this ahead of time. And so when it comes to the tradition of liturgical prayers or pre-written prayers, people are afraid of dead religion. They'll say, hey, that's a dead, that's what dead religion, dead traditions do. But I, I think we're making a theological categorical mistake when we say that. And I want to share a quote from a pastor named Brian Zahn. Actually, Pastor Amritha and I went to a prayer school he hosted. We made, we had a little mini retreat a, a while ago, and we went through this prayer school, and I, I learned this quote. I like this. It says, people who say they don't like liturgy often say liturgy is dead. But that philosophy, that's what philosophy calls a category mistake. Liturgy can't be alive or dead. It can only be true or false. It's the person who's praying who's either alive or dead. I love that. And so the issue is, are we alive in our prayer life or are we dead in our prayer life? It's not the tool that's alive or dead. It's an inanimate object. Tomatoes. Here's my transition. Anybody like tomatoes in the house of God? Okay, tomatoes are welcome here. It's a safe place to love tomatoes. Well, I want to show you a picture of tomatoes. This is going to transform your prayer life. So I want you to know there's tomatoes, there's leaves, there's sand, there's, there's dirt, there, there's a potted plant. Well, tomatoes in, in the wild, they, they'll just be sprawling around on the ground. And they'll be in the dirt trying to ascend to the, 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 the sun to get light, nutrients, wiggle its way to water, finding the good soil, getting all the, the nutrients, and, and that's a way to live. But people have found that the, the foundation, the stems, all of these branches, they, they can't carry all the weight of tomatoes as well by themselves. So they created these metal supports. You can see that the tomato plant is hoisted by metal supports that help it ascend to the heavens, grow with strength, reach the sun, carry more weight, but the metal support system is not alive or dead. It's an inanimate object. It is helping to support that which is alive ascend and reach the nutrients it needs. Let's be real. Some of us are wiggling around in the dirt in our prayer lives, trying to reach the heavens, trying to avoid a malnourished soul, but we're failing. We fail at our prayer lives all the time. I'm included in that. We feel like our, our prayer lives are not enriched. They're not good. And we're just wiggling around in the dirt, messing up, ashamed, hoping people don't find out how limited our prayer really is. And so what we need is a tool. We need a support system. I don't care if that tool is dead or alive, but I do care if it is right or wrong, if it leads you to truth or away from truth. And that, that's the power of praying vetted ancient prayers and bringing them into our future. It's so powerful, you know, and so we need a tool to help us not be stuck on the ground. Amen. How many of you guys could use a tool like that? You know, and for some reason, when it comes to praying old prayers, we, we have this hesitation, but we don't have that same hesitation when it comes to worship. I've never had this complaint at Kalo's church. I can't believe you guys sing pre-written lyrics in your worship. That's not original. You den of thieves, you hypocrites. 
You are dry in your faith, you sinners, you Catholics. <laughs> That's never happened. So we're, we're okay with worshiping God with pre-written lyrics, but we're not okay with praying with pre-written prayers. I mean, there are times in my prayer life where I need the scriptures to pray. It is so helpful. Lord, would you help me to decrease? I want you to increase. Lord, let the meditations of my heart. Lord, you have the affection of my eyes. Oh, Jesus, like, I need you. The Lord's prayer. And there are times in my, my worship life where I lean on the lyrics of people who have gone before me. You know, like I've been talking about the 90s. Still to this day, when I'm just worshiping on my own, I go back to the 90s, and I'm singing delirious songs. Anybody with me? I'm like, oh, Jesus, I feel a little, little dry today, but you know what? Lord, you have my heart, and I will search for yours. Come on. I love it. When, I, when I'm trying to worship with my baby daughter, 10 months old, sometimes I'll just grab her by the shoulder, and I'll be like, over the mountains and the seas, your river runs with love for me. And I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth, and I will daily lift my hands. I'll always sing when your love came down. Sing it if you know it. I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. Until the 90s are over, then I'll stop this song. I don't remember the last time we sang that song. <laughs> I love that, man. I still, I, still, I still got that. Anybody? Delirious? Oh, I feel like dancing. Keychain. This foolish is I do. I don't, I don't know how to do a keychain. <laughs> Ah, but it's these songs that, oh, they, they are reviving my spirit. They provide water for me when I don't have the strength to enrich myself. I'm so thankful that my faith, my prayer life, my worship life isn't dependent on my strength alone. Yeah. We believe in the power of community sure. from those living with us, but even those who have gone before us. Yeah. There is strength, and our, our, our prayer doesn't have to be spontaneous to be authentic. I've never heard one of you say, I will never sing a song I didn't create. <laughs> it's just not happening. And I pray that that wouldn't be your hesitation for pre-written, plagiarized, unoriginal old prayers either. Written prayers do for our prayer life what worship lyrics do for our worship life. Amen? Amen. Point number three, this is something that I'm really passionate about and something I find is a solution found in pre-written prayers is this. Prayer is not a tool to manipulate God. And I think that becomes apparent when you're only praying original prayers. Angry people pray angry prayers. Uh, jealous people pray jealous prayers. Manipulating prayers pray manipulating prayers. And I, I don't know if you've ever prayed prayers like that, but I, this might seem a little weird, but it is possible to pray wrong prayers. It is possible to pray theologically inaccurate prayers. For example, how many of you guys would say, this is your prayer life. Lord, I know you hate all women. Right. You'd say, that's, that can't be right. <laughs> right? That, that's not, I would say theologically, that is not a right prayer. And so I'm thankful for tools like liturgical prayers that aren't dead or alive, but they help us know truth, 
from false, right? True from false. So, Lord, I know you hate all women. Wait, I would not say that is a good prayer. But what we do in our prayer lives is we often try to convince God to do our will. And when God doesn't answer our prayers the way we want it, we turn away from him because he's a bad servant. But I think Christianity isn't about God serving us. It's about us serving him as the king of kings. Amen. But let's look at our prayer lives. Lord, heal this person. Lord, give me this money. Lord, make this happen. Lord, help me find this. Lord, do my will. Lord, do what I want. Lord, give me, give me, give me. Lord, bend your will to my way, right? Wouldn't that, let's, can we be honest? That'd pre- probably be 90% of most of our prayer life. Lord, do my bidding. And this is where we need some theologically strong, vetted prayers that help us to repent, that help us to pray theologically accurate, to help us to align with what the scriptures say, to help us align with God's will, amen. And so there's another quote by this Pastor Brian Zahn. It says, the primary purpose of prayer is not to get God to do what you want him to do, but to be properly formed. And so that's why we can call this formative prayer, because we're not trying to form God. We're trying to be formed by God. I'd rather do God's will than him doing my will. How many of you you guys are thankful for prayers God did not answer? Amen. We prayed some angry prayers. Lord, would you murder my children? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. That's why I need written prayers. That's why I need... Angry people pray angry prayers. Selfish people pray selfish prayers. Greedy people pray greedy prayers. But we say, Lord, would you form me in your presence? Lord, would you let your will be done? Amen. And so we want to be formed by God. And so what I do is I take these prayers, and like I said, you can go to kalosetcher slash prayer to see the prayers I actually pray. And what it's designed to do is it provides an on-ramp, words that you can lean on into the presence of God. And there I have my regular prayer life where I I share my desires, what I want. I don't think it's bad to ask and seek and knock. I have that, but it's built into my prayer life. I have a time where I just sit in the presence of God where he doesn't have to talk. I don't have to talk. We just enjoy one another's company, just enjoying. The Lord is my reward, the presence of God. And then I have an off-ramp out of the presence of God into mission into the world. And it's just beautiful. It helps me just posture my heart saying, Lord, have your way. Lord, I repent. Lord, I don't even just repent for my sins. I I repent for the systemic sins of the world that help me live an American life. I mean, I'm just repenting and I'm seeking and I'm asking. And I have these words that help me pray as Jesus taught us to pray. And so I'd like us to pray one of these prayers, the one Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer. And so we'll put these words on the screen. And why, why don't we put the Lord's Prayer on the screen right now? And let's say this all at the same time with an authentic heart. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. It's powerful. And the beautiful thing about it is millions of people around the world are praying this exact prayer with us. We're not alone. Our faith is not an individual faith. It's something we've received. 
It's not good for us to simply be alone with God. God created us for relationship. There's power in community. There's power in these prayers where we don't have to carry the burden of all creativity. We can lean on those who have gone before us. And that is a beautiful, beautiful truth. There are times, just being honest, where I don't have the strength to create my own prayers. There are times in my life where I don't have the words. I don't feel like I can even approach God, and then it goes by a day, a week, a month, and I'm like, I haven't prayed just because I was afraid of getting that over that first moment. Have you avoided prayer and connection with God just because you feel like you don't have the emotional energy for it? Sounds like you could use a metal support to help you get off the ground, sprawling around looking for nutrients. You need a support system so you can ascend to the heavens. Well, that's why I'm giving you this tool. It's something I wish I would have had decades ago, but you get to have it now. And I believe it will enrich your prayer lives in a significant way. So try it for a week, especially during our time of prayer and fasting. I believe it will help you start the year right. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you so much for your word, your truth, your scripture, your way. Lord, I pray that you would help us to ascend to the heavens. Lord, and that the heavens would come down to us as we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Lord, we just want you. We don't want to be distant from you. We don't want to be embarrassed of how much we connect with you in our prayer life. Lord, that's not our heart. We want to be in church if that was our heart. But Lord, we, we fail. Sometimes we feel just so inadequate, Lord, and we just repent. We're sorry for all those times we avoided you because we didn't know where to start. But Lord, our heart right now, we just declare is we want more of you. We want to be with you. We want to walk in your love, your purposes. We want to walk in your peace. We want to enjoy your presence. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would use this tool to help us be alive in our faith, alive in our hearts, alive in our spirits, Lord, that we might be formed by you, enjoy you. Lord, we don't need you to do our will. We forever want to do your will as we pray. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen and amen. Well, I really hope that you enjoyed that sermon. We're going to have a new one posted every single Monday. So see you back next week. And if you're ever in the Seattle area, we would love to have you join us in church. Go to kalos.church or follow us on social media at Kalos Church for more information. See you next time.